a dream. That's one small step for man. I am the greatest. You want something? Go get it. Period. The dream is to meet 10,000 people for one hour each, which is just part of a bigger dream of creating my own path in life. Structure my life like an adventure, and for me, this is the biggest adventure that I can go on. The biggest thing is that no one knows what they're doing in life, everyone's just doing the best that they can with the resources that they have. What's up, my fellow dreamers, doers, achievers? This is episode number 16 of the Dream Begin Co podcast, and yes, that was the man himself, Rob Lawless, as I would like to phrase it, the king of connection. And I say that because he is connecting and growing deeper in his relationships with a wide variety of people from around the globe here starting in the United States. And to give you a rundown on who he is and what he's doing, he has truly been and continues to be the epitome of someone following their dreams. I was first connected with him through a good friend of mine and seeing what he was doing, I immediately had to not only talk to him, but meet up with him for us to have a conversation in both in a way, get to interview each other and hear each other's stories. I know for a fact his invaluable advice and his story and his journey is going to resonate with, with a lot of you. Through the ebbs and flows of life, he left the corporate life and now finds himself meeting someone new every day. He even set up to four people. Um, for his journey, he has set out on a quest to meet 10,000 people. No time frame, no rush, just him having an adventure with that childlike spirit in himself. And he is truly, truly bringing the world closer together one person at a time. He is doing what his goal is set out to be, human connection and bringing the world closer. And so far, Rob has met over 2,200 people in two plus years. I got the privilege of being number 2203. And in terms of his audience and, and some broadcasting he has done. He has been featured in the Philadelphia Magazine, Philadelphia Citizen, Philadelphia Weekly, multiple podcasts, and even got the chance to talk to Ryan Seacrest. So through all he's doing, just a quick shout out and thank you to Rob himself. He is, is truly someone special, and I'm sure you'll understand that and hear that in the episode. But to get right into it, I wanted to give you some housekeeping things. We were in a calf, and there is some background noise, but it's not that much of a, a nuisance and not that loud. I think the content and importance of the conversation um, will override that, and it is fine because it's, it's funny. It's human connection. There's people around us, so it, it kind of fits the element in a way. It's episode number 16, and for the quote that we have today, it is by Ralph Waldo Emerson when he said, Adopt the pace of nature, her secret is patience. Adopt the pace of nature, her secret is patience. And for our sponsor today, we want to talk about Stu-Nited. S-T-U-N-I-T-E-D. You know, being an ambassador myself, I see such a need for this. And being in college, I see such an opportunity for Stu-Nited to fill a void. Um, they're an app and a service that connects students based on what they're good at and what they need help in. So, for instance, if I was bad at math, which, you know, in a way I kind of am, and you were good at math, we can connect, and then I can help you by 
you know, helping you in another subject area, doing something for you, or bartering using money. And you know, you have as a user, you have the potential to make this boundless and do whatever you want in terms of the connection and what you barter. Um, it's truly a great app and it's filling a void that all students do, whether it's talking to a classmate, a roommate, or someone across the hall, they always ask each other for help. So Student United really sees an itch market and they're doing a great, great job of that. They actually are coming out with some exciting news in which, like I said in previous episodes, they have version two coming out. They just released the beta and it looks flawless, really clean, and they added a bunch of features that the users wanted and that they also saw would be more efficient and better for the user themselves. Um, some of those things are newsfeed, uh, rate and review system to see if the student is more credible, and a more aesthetic and simplistic uh, layout of the UI. So that is our sponsor, Student United. If you want to check them out and see the community, they're growing step by step, day by day. You can do so on social media at Student United App or even check out their website at studentedapp.com. And that is all, folks. I don't want to prolong this intro. So without further ado, enjoy this episode number 16 with Rob Lawless. I literally want to start by asking from the get and like you had the idea in your notes in 2014 and then yeah. 2015 you took action like what was the first interaction like and even the second interaction like were there nerves were the, was the other person nervous like how was was there doubt there like what was it taking that leap what yeah. was it like so the first year I was doing tech sales at the time mm. so like I was used to reaching out to people and uh like asking for their time randomly. Mm. So I wasn't so much nervous about that part, but definitely the first few people when I met with them, I was like, hey, well, shit, I have nothing to show for this. So, so <laughs> yeah. I hope that they feel like this is worth their time. Because <clears throat> now, like, when people meet with me, they know that their story is going to be shared to a page that has, like, somewhat of a mm. following. It's like they're getting their name out there a little bit, or they just think it's a really cool concept. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've met with 2,200 people at this point. Amazing. And so they know they're already part of the, something bigger. Mm. But the first few people, like the very first dude I met, and I'd written this in like one of my blogs, he was like, all right, so what number am I? Number 1,000 or 2,000? Yeah. I was like, no, you're number one. <laughs> so, it, yeah, I don't know. That's amazing. It still blows my mind to this day that the people were willing to just sit with me for an hour mm. and I think it was just because I took an interest in them yeah and some of the early people too were I would literally google like Philadelphia artists mm. and there was a site called in liquid that came up and I would just look through the images and be like that's a cool painting I'm gonna email that person mm. yeah and um, that was how I got like some of the first yeah. people and once I had eight people I put it up on Instagram because I just wanted to make sure that I was committed to it. Mm. And for each person, those first eight, I still took a picture with all of them, still wrote a bunch of notes down on them. Mm. And then once I had eight, I put it up on Instagram. Kind of got going. There. So yeah, I was going to ask you, like, in the beginning, it's always the hardest to start. Yeah. Like, what, what kept you going? Was it the people that responded? And is it continually the people in the audience you have? Or is it something different now? Is it like yeah. getting to know people <clears throat> more personal level? Like, what is it? In the beginning, it was a lot of, um, uh, it was just interesting to me. Mm -hmm. I, I had wanted to do my own thing 
and this was like the first thing that I felt was cool enough to actually work on mm. and so that just interested me like I would meet someone after work or I'd meet them on the weekends and I found that it was making me feel like I was doing something more than just working because before it's like you work your job like eight to six or whatever and then go home and do like meaningless stuff like watch Jeopardy or mm -hmm. play video game <laughs> and then wake back up and do the same thing mm -hmm. and when I started doing this I was like oh it feels cool to have like I have to go meet this person after yeah. work and so yeah I had a purpose outside mm -hmm. of work yeah since then it's just like it's just grown in terms of motivation for me to continue doing it like every time I got a piece of press it'd be like this big bump in just my motivation mm. it's like people are it's validating that people are paying attention yeah and um, then when I started getting messages from people from other countries that was really cool really yeah okay and do you have any plans of like going out there like I was gonna ask you like what are your travel plans are you just gonna stay in Philly I know you were in LA at one point but yeah, what definitely. are your plans um, my goal was to come back and be in Philly for November and December and then to start traveling abroad in January. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it doesn't look like that's gonna pan out because I had a potential partnership which is kind of on hold right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm thinking I'll be in Philly until the end of February, then back to LA for a little bit. But definitely like by the time this project is done, I hope it spans countries mm -hmm. all, all across yeah. the world. You're literally like connecting people. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Like you said, human connection was was the goal, right? Mm -hmm. Like learning more about people, you're like literally doing that, so I gotta commend you for sure. Yeah. I, I admire um, There's, I'm gonna pull it up, because I did a, uh, um, this thing like in 2019, I'm trying to have this challenge of mm -hmm. people meeting 12 new people through mm. the year, like one new person each month. And... Oh, I want to see if I have no I, I uh, put my email in. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Did you get the... Yeah, I got the email. So that little questionnaire that I... Oh, let's see if I can find it here. It's just cool because I... Um, but anyways, like, I asked people to put what country they're in and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was really surprised, like, all the answers, like Pakistan, like Ukraine. Wow. South Africa, India. That's amazing. Um, so the fact that those people are paying attention and want to go out and meet more people, that right now is like a big motivating factor. Because mm -hmm. this is the first time where I feel like the project is spreading outside of me. Yeah. 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 You feel like it's like paying off. And I, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I just commend you completely. Yeah. And it's you. like, it, sh it shows the power of what you're doing and also like the power of social media in general and like technology to really reach a wider audience of people right you know are you familiar with yesterday 100 percent. Okay. Yeah, yeah i love what they're doing so i met matt in may really yeah and then he shared my he just like posted about it on a story that he had met me and as you can imagine i got like a ton of messages mm. from that but then i met zach their manager i met colin the irish dude who just ran with matt and like oh yeah yeah we yeah yeah there. that was a good video um if you've ever seen like Tenzo T, I met all those dudes. Mm -hmm. Houston Craft, their one friend. Like I just met all of their friends, mm -hmm. and so I paid attention a lot to what they're doing and everything that they're doing is like exactly the mindset that I have towards life. Mm -hmm. um, and with them bringing people together, like I love it so much. Yeah. So yeah. 
I see myself starting to do more of that and eventually probably like collaborating and I can I can ar- I can already see it hundred percent. Yeah. I saw you were on the the Purpose in the Use podcast too. That's pretty popular. I saw they had like Matt Como and like yeah. a bunch of other people. That's impressive. That dude is so I haven't like I'm so confident that he's gonna be successful. Oh. Oh, Matt or the Purpose in the Youth? Um, Bobby host. from Purpose Bobby, yeah, yeah. yeah cause he just he like, has great content. I have no idea, and he's really good in the same way. Like He really researches the people. I'm mm-hmm. surprised how much he knew of me. Mm-hmm. And I have that. Uh, I link his podcast in my bio just because I think he does a really job. good job of explaining kind of about my past and like what I'm mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like going back to it and like everything you're doing mm-hmm. I wanted to ask was there ever a time where you did an interview where the person was moved to tears or like it caused you to be moved to tears or something very impactful yeah. happened at that conversation yeah I've had several people cry really during it and <clears throat> it's weird because I don't I never thought I would be the person who would be able to like sit and be with people as they describe very traumatic things mm-hmm. um but it's just happened and the more I've been there I've gotten better at just being like people just want something to hear what they're saying and the most recent time she was the second girl that cried that day the first woman I met with cried just talking about like how her life has changed she was uh, I think she was in like her 40s or 50s Um, but this other girl she was 32 and a year ago on October 28th her brother was killed by a drunk driver in a car accident and she was from Brazil and he had moved from Brazil to live with her and they were roommates and like best friends Mm -hmm. and yeah she kind of like reached out to me more so to honor his memory than to be part of the project and like her dad had been killed by a drunk driver when she was nine and so it was just heavy it was very very heavy like she was crying I was crying because I'm 27 her brother was 28, I think, she's 32. I'm 27, my sister's 33. Mm. And, like, I was planning to come back to Philly to live with her. And so, yeah, that just crushed me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, a couple of other times, too, like, that was the only time that I cried during a meeting. There was another time I went home and, and just, like, cried because this woman was telling me about how she she had twins but they were born prematurely Mm. and she got to hold them for like 24 hours before they passed away I think the things that those ones hit me so hard because I can see how passionate those people are yeah about the things like I've had people tell me like really traumatic stuff like a kid who when he was two years old he was sitting in the car and his sister was in there as well and the story goes, I mean, he doesn't remember it, but that he put the car, like, in drive, and his mom ran after them to try and, like, stop it from mm. going, and, like, fell under the car and got run over by it and was killed by it. And so... That's traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. But for some reason, like, that, and that, that didn't make me cry. It's really sad, mm. but I think it's just the emotion that people... Yeah. Get yeah. Out. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, through all that, I feel like you become this, like guy who just like is a person to lean on and you're like a huge listener I'm sure you like built up great communication skills and all that through like all you do one thing I'm working on too is just becoming a better listener because like the silence that occurs in a conversation Mm -hmm. just like being there for someone is really powerful yeah yeah Yeah. and I'm sure like this is uh, great for you Mm. I think like 
podcasting is the same thing that I'm doing. It's just I'm not recording it. Yeah. Um, and you get that person's story, and you're able to learn from them, and you just become a better yeah. conversationalist. You become more comfortable in front of a stranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you mentioned the one thing I really liked was when you went to Penn State, like you used to talk to everyone on campus. Yeah. And being where you are now, you view like the city as another campus. But mm-hmm. I want to ask you, would you say like right now in keeping your inner child in you, do you view the world as your playground right now? And you're just having fun and talking to people, getting to know people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I never want it to be different than that. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I've always wanted to structure my life like an adventure. Mm-hmm. And for me, this is the biggest adventure that I could go on. Wow. It could yeah. take me like, I don't know. It's a lot of times I'll be like, how did I get here? From <laughs> just an idea in my head to being in a plane on the coast of San Diego that a guy had built himself. Like, wow. Yeah. Just crazy stories, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a good movie one day, whatever, whoever yeah. makes it. <laughs> um, no, but that leads into the next question I want to actually ask. So there's a quote. It, was, it goes, uh, stay committed in your decision, mm-hmm. but agile in your approach. So how has like just going with the flow helped you and like what is it like just like treating life as an adventure it's it suits me because I have a really go with the flow personality Mm -hmm. Um, and that's an awesome quote because that's exactly how I'm approaching this Mm -hmm. project Um, but what was the question how has it helped me or yeah so like I know planning and preparation is important but like uh, like letting things fall away. Yeah, is it, do you have both sides or is it more of just like going with the flow and letting things yeah. fall into place as they come? It is both. So I like will always strive to meet four people, four new people every day. Mm. And I know by doing that, like the project's just going to grow because they're going to tell their friends about it. And I'm going to become a better person just by meeting those people. Mm. But I never know what one person is going to lead to. So it's like, always staying open to what those opportunities could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even with monetizing the project to keep going, I've always thought like, I'll just get a sponsor for my page and I'll have them sponsor me on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. And eventually it'll be so popular that companies will like compete to the sponsor me, which has not <laughs> happened and may never happen. But yeah. that was just the idea. But there was a time when the publication in Philly was like, we want to start featuring some of your stories mm-hmm. and we'll pay you per story. And I was like, okay, well, there's a monetization model, mm. doing it that way. And then it's kind of recently my mindset has gone to speaking about the project at universities. Yeah. Or I really want to do a freshman seminar on a campus where the students are doing exactly this, like sitting down one-on-one with each yeah. other and just spending that time learning and then writing about each other afterwards. Because mm-hmm. I think there's... I think we just expect college students to go in and naturally make friendships right away. Mm. But not everyone is extroverted or comfortable with social situations. Yeah. And so, one, like, we're not serving those kids who need that as a skill. Mm. And two, there's just so much opportunity to create new relationships that we're not doing by creating an environment for them. Yeah, yeah, 100%. There's so many different paths you can take, and it's just... You continually build this, you're gonna, you're building something great, but it's gonna be even greater going yeah. forward. In the last few years of my life, I've learned so much about how to be a human being. Mm. Then, and it's small stuff too, I can't even like describe what it will be. I can describe it in terms of logistics for the project, like 
I've learned so much about the project, how to do it just by doing it. For example, when I first started coming, when I started the project, I was living in Philly. Mm -hmm. And so I would ride my bike and just lock it up on a pole. Then when I was back September until February last year, I was living at my parents, mm -hmm. commuting in from Narstown. And I was like, all right, now I have to deal with parking. And so the only places I would try to park were Locust or Spruce, because I knew they had free two-hour parking. Mm -hmm. And I'd be out on like 23rd or 24th in Spruce, and then walking this way. But then I realized I could park on Bainbridge, just south of South Street. Mm -hmm. And just the angle was a shorter walk. So <laughs> a very small, stupid thing yeah, that yeah. changes the way that I like operated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like the logistics side and like planning side, I'm sure you're like almost a master at that craft. But mm -hmm. there's always a continual like learning curve to being a better like communicator and like getting to know people better. Yeah. But it's just all it's all an improvement. I love it so much. And then the one thing uh, I wanted to touch on is. How has, like, relating it back to, like, when you were younger in a way, because we started at, like, the top, but, like, right. younger, because with me, I have a huge family. I have three brothers. Sweet. I have a dog. You know, grandpa lives with us. Mm -hmm. And anything great that comes, like, I'll attribute all that to them. Yeah. Um, and, like, my family has been such a strong pillar in, like, making me the person I am. So I know you're, like, what, like one of... Two yeah. two siblings, and then you have like sixteen cousins and like a huge family. Like, yeah. how important is that massive family to the to person you are? And what have they given you? And like characteristics? Oh yeah, it's huge. My so my sister's thirty three. My brother's twenty nine. No, I'm twenty seven. So I'm the youngest of three. And my parents like they just gave us a stable upbringing, which I've realized is such a huge luxury mm -hmm. in life. Like. They are still married, live in the house that we grew up in. Um, it was, they had it built when they got married. Wow. Um, and like I didn't have to work when I went to college. I had student loans when I graduated, but I wasn't someone who had to split trying to become a good student with trying to support myself. Mm -hmm. And all of my cousins too, I'm the youngest boy of 16 cousins. The girl is also my age, so mm -hmm. we're the two like, youngest. Um, they all like did well in life, like have really nice spouses, kids. That's awesome. Yeah, and so I've just been shown the way. Yeah, yeah. To go where, which is huge, because like you think about it at your home life, some people aren't shown that. Some people are, are shown like broken homes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they can still be like really successful, but they have to kind of unravel yeah. what they've learned yeah. and push past that. Yeah. I think it's like I think it's amazing for those people who have tough upbringings, but still end up going way past their expectations and like their potential. Yeah. You know, like it might be easy to say for someone like us who has like a stable upbringing, um, but people to go past like all the traumatizing events in their early life is like pretty amazing. I'm sure you get like crazy stories about that as well. Yeah. Early trauma and like rough childhood. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's. Uh it's inspiring too. Sometimes you can just be complaining about things that mm. don't actually matter, or there's so much more room for you to push yourself. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then lastly, the one thing we always end up talking about in the podcast, yeah. and I'm sure like your goal is very out there and very obvious, but I'll still ask it, is what is one big dream you have, and then what actions are you taking to get there? 
the dream is to meet 10,000 people for one hour each, which is just part of a bigger dream of creating my own path in life. Um, and the steps to get there right now has one is just meeting the people, which is a part of the project. The other thing which right now I'm doing is starting to reach out to, like, this just started within the last week. I wrote down 100 press sources, mm -hmm. and I'm going to identify 100 companies. And it's like reaching out to the press to be like, I have this story, would you be interested in covering it? And then the uh, company is like, I have this story, would you be interested in <laughs> yeah, partnering yeah. or sponsoring? Mm -hmm. um, because I think success for me to continue going is a lot of different pieces mm. that all need to come together. Yeah. Uh, I think eventually I could fall back on just meeting people and not being interesting enough, but I don't have like the money to last me the time that it would take to mm. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Crafting your life to, to like you said, make it yeah. make it your living. So yeah, you're doing you're doing just that. And then the other piece is that like starting to create somewhat of a movement of it, mm. trying to like spill the project over outside of just me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I almost believe you have to be selfish in the pursuit of a passion because there are going to be times when no one else really cares about it. And if you don't care about it in that time, like if you only care about it because other people care about it, mm -hmm. it won't make it. Exactly. Uh, and I think about that with musicians. I feel like I've always heard successful musicians say they just love the music that they're working on so much that it attracts other people to it. Mm. Yeah, our one slogan with the brand we're building at Dream Big & Co. is improve yourself, impact lives. So it's like putting on your oxygen mask first so you can actually assist others in the best way possible. Yeah. Yeah. What's up everyone, Anthony here. I just wanted to interrupt real quick and let you know what's going on for the rest of the episode. At this point, it was a little choppy because he was talking to me, I was talking to him. We were both trying to get a lot from each other and I talked a lot about myself and the point is to get the most out of Rob. So there was a lot of editing involved here and we had to move around some things, but I just want to let you know some things may be out of order in terms of flow of the conversation but that's totally fine because he does put things in the best context possible and we really get to the root of what's most important so I just wanted to give you a little public service announcement let you know about what's going on for the next 20 minutes of the episode but besides that have a great listening experience and enjoy I'm close to both my siblings like my sister was always just a different phase of life than my brother and I, and he and I are uh, 19 months apart, so he was always two grades above me, mm. and I don't know, I learned a lot, and he has been like a huge support for me in this project, um, to the point where he's like written me checks for rent over Christmas, Really. Um, his car is the car that I drive he paid it off left it with me and then I drove it to LA <laughs> it had 20,000 miles when he left it with me it now has 65,000 on it wow and it's still like his car <laughs> uh, but I think he's always just believed in me and I think he knows that someday whatever success I find through this is going to come back to him in some way yeah you'll, like, you'll pay a dividend to him in a sense yeah like I always talk about that with my parents and like same thing with my brothers, whatever they do, it's like, I want to end up paying them back for all they've done for me. And 
like the stuff with what your brother does and like my family I feel like they just do it because it's just like how it is it's just family yeah and like they would do it regardless, regardless you know um, and they wouldn't expect anything back yeah but it's just like the way we were raised it's like it's what we'll do when any type of success comes yeah but I was gonna ask you like do your um, what do your parents and like family say about everything you're doing like do they like joke around a lot about it or it's kind of like so, I come from like a really traditional family, mm. um, and I think my parents like my sister was working at a marketing agency, and my brother was doing consulting for PwC, mm. and I graduated and started doing consulting for Deloitte. And despite having just graduated, my salary was higher than my brother and my sister, and I think my parents were like, all three of the kids are good. They're good to go. Like we can breathe easy. They made it through college. They got great jobs. They'll go get spouses, houses, whatever. And then I was like, I'm not really liking Deloitte, so I'm going to leave to go to this tech startup. And I'm going to have to pay back a bonus that I got. And I'm going to take a pay cut. And my mom just couldn't understand why I would do that. And also Deloitte was going to pay for me to get my MBA from like Wharton or one of like really? the top 10 schools. Yeah. Wow. And I just left that all on the table and went to this tech startup. And I enjoyed working there. Um, but they were bought out and I was laid off. And I remember my mom asking me, like, well, did this turn out how you expected it? Kind of like, you should have stayed at Deloitte. Yeah. And I told her, no, it didn't turn out how I expected, but I love how it turned out because now I have this project that I'm really passionate about that I can work on. And I think in my parent, my brother, like I said, he's always been a support. So from the start, financially, emotionally, he's always been there for me. My parents, I was still living in Philly, but I'd go back home for dinners. And like my parents and my sister would always give me these stern looks like I was, like I wasn't understanding life or something like that. Um, to be like, you need to snap out of your dream world and, and get back into a job because you're hurting yourself by not working towards your career. And I think that they didn't know how committed I was. Like They probably thought I was going to do it for six months and then be like, oh, I'm tired of this and now I'm going to go back and then be screwed. Um, but ever since then, and I'm still in a place where I'm dragging them along be like just wait like once we get there the view is going to be amazing mm, you just have to that, keep walking yeah, yeah. exactly bro yeah exactly you couldn't put it better holy crap i like that can you say that again the la- <laughs> once we get there the view is going to be amazing yeah. yeah just oh man i love that that's so true so like going through that and like getting a lot of kind of like hate and like um like rejection from them in a sense was it like did you just trust the entire process or was it like a belief in yourself the entire time because I know relating it back to the beginning we were talking you said like you have to have faith in what you're doing before anyone else so is it more of like that yeah I think in the beginning I'm just I'm just like a very internally driven person and so kind of like when I set my mind to something I know I'm, I'm gonna do it and when people don't think that I can do it, it's like, I think there's so many stories of people just being like, it makes me work harder to prove people wrong. Um, and that's not to say, like, I've lived with my parents from September until February of last year, and I've lived with them for the last month. And so, emotionally, I feel like there are times when they could be better, but they've taken me back in, like, my mom feeds me every night and does my laundry, and so... 
they've been there in that sense much more than like any other family would be for them. Um, but yeah, it's just this this thing, and I I I feel like I can see the end of this and how it plays out and why it's so beneficial. Mm-hmm. And I want to get to that point because I still, I think it's possible. And I've had, for me, validation along the way that it's going towards that point. Like, having met the guys from yesterday and like Matt sharing it and them sharing it to their Instagram, like getting messages from people around the world. And then in July, I did a phone interview with Ryan Seacrest. I was on his morning show for like wow. five minutes. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, no one in their right mind would get on Ryan Seacrest's morning show and be like, oh, it's not working out, so I should stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every year, it just gets bigger. Yeah. Um, So two things I extracted from that I want to ask real quick is, are you a person to have any, like, absurd or, like, weird, odd signs that guide you in a way? Like, for example, like, I know when the times get rough, was it like you saw, like, 11-11 and it was like, all right, that's a good sign, I gotta keep going? Or was it just like, you just talked about, like, oh, Ryan Seacrest, how can I give up now? You know what I mean? I definitely had the weird signs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a, because this summer, like, I was trending towards having zero dollars in my bank account, and I had to book a flight from L.A. to Kentucky for a friend's bachelor party. And I booked the flight for both me and my roommate. And I was just trying to do it quickly to get the cheapest price. Mm. And I ended up booking it for May 20th instead of June 20th. And so I got a notification on May 19th that was like, check in for your flight. And ended up having to pay $400, $200 change fee per person. And it was my fault, so I was going to ask my roommate to pay that money. And so I just messed up. And I remember that night... Like, and I grew up Catholic, and I remember that night laying in bed and just being like, all right, God, I don't need money. I don't need money, like, but I do need a sign that I should continue going down this path. And the next day, out of the blue, a girl that I had met in L.A. who lives in Scotland, we had talked about my favorite song. She was like, she, inspired by my project, was trying to meet 100 people and collecting their favorite songs. And so I told her Banana Pancakes by Jack Johnson. I love that song. Yeah, it's a great song. And she messaged me a picture of a menu and it had banana pancakes on it. And I was like, oh, that's nice. It's cool. <laughs> and the only response she had was a sign exclamation point. Uh, and yeah. I was like, all right, well, I right, keep going. There you go, yeah. And then a week later, I got an email that was said potential paid partnership. And that was a partnership that I had in July that gave me money to continue going. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah, there is one thing to, like, leave it off with. Um, is There's this one guy I really admire. His name is Tyrell Mara. He's striving to go to the 2020 Olympics okay. and he always talks about because he's basically following his dreams he's going out on a limb and like taking a leap of faith yeah. to do this and it's like a lot of shit he has to go through to get there and he always talks about like the longer you hold on the greater the reward is going to be so like you said like the longer this hike up the mountain is the greater the view is going to be yeah. so you just keep holding on I think yeah, yeah so some good is going to happen I can already see, like, you're not a person to get attached to, like, things. Mm -hmm. Um, What is, like, how do you go through life? I'll ask two questions. So, like, what's your your main, like, motto going through life, if you had to pick one? 
And then also, what is like one of the most important things you learned through two plus years and 2,200 people later? Sure. It changes, I feel like, over the summer and even a little bit now, it's like the end is never the end, which is actually from a Kid Cudi song. <laughs> but that has helped me a lot because I think with anything that you're doing, it can feel like there's an end, but really the only end is you quitting, like you starting this podcast and this uh, brand. Like the only end is if you choose to do something else. Otherwise, if everything that you do serves the purpose of building this, it's going to keep building. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that goes for, it's more so like a hardship, like getting through hardship. The biggest thing is that no one knows what they're doing in life. Everyone's just doing the best that they can with the resources that they have. And so for me, that looks like taking advantage of a roommate in LA who is willing to host me and a brother's car that I was able to drive across the country, like those are resources that I had. Other people might might not have them, so they couldn't, like you probably couldn't go to LA today and stay for a year for free Mm -hmm. and have a a car to get out there. But I was just gifted those in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still have no idea, like, if you ask me how I'm gonna make money and survive as a human being doing this project, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know the answer. um, And I think, Realizing that no one else really knows the answers made me a lot more comfortable with not knowing them myself. Mm-hmm. And in a weird way, it has just made me a more confident person. Mm-hmm. So when you figure out that it's just the blind leading the blind, all you have to do is raise your hand and be like, oh, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, that dude knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like that. It's trying not to be cliche. It's like Steve Jobs saying the world is made up by people like no smarter than you. Like you create your own thing. Yeah. Um, but like in a way, tying those two things together. I find myself at a point where I'm so engrossed in just the journey itself and not focusing on the end goal. I feel like that's when you really like lock into something mm-hmm. special. Yeah. Like, would you say like you're really just solely focused on the present moment because you don't know where this is going to end up? Like, you will meet ten thousand people and it might go even further in something greater. Right. But do you find yourself just like fully ingrained in the journey itself? Pretty much. I feel like I'm just I'm operating within a framework. And that framework is like this goal to meet 10,000 people. Mm. Um, and so like I know I'm going to do that and I'm just on this path to doing that. Um, yeah, and I'm not focused on... I think a lot of people have asked me what's the end goal of this project. And like, I don't know. The, yeah. the end goal is to get to 10,000 and look back and be like, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, and I, th- I think focusing on the present is huge because mm-hmm. sometimes you have to do that too out of necessity because mm-hmm. sometimes the future, for a while for me, the future was having absolutely no money in the bank account. So focusing on the present was like, well, I can eat now. I'm like, <laughs> I have money in my bank account now, yeah. so why should I worry about a time when I don't? that time may never come, Mm. even though it looks like it could. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and what we are doing at Dream Big & Co., it would mean a tremendous, tremendous amount if you can become more involved with the community, join us in what we're doing, and you can do so by subscribing to this podcast on all of the 10 podcasting platforms we have, our channel on YouTube at Dream Big & Co., and follow us on social media at Dream Big & Co., that will all be in the show notes. Stuff about Rob will all be in the show notes. All his things you would definitely want to check out. And lastly, 
We ultimately do this for you to add value to your lives. So if there's anything you like, dislike, hate, like, love anything, whatever synonym you want to use, uh, or you want changed with anything at all, please rate this episode and leave a review. You can even email us at dreambigpodcast at gmail.com or dreambigandco at gmail.com. Thank you and have a fabulous week.